I want us to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If we can take it from the Amplified Version, it makes the work easier, right? If I can speak in the tongue of men and even of angels, but have not love, which is the reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for us and in us, I'm only a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Now, if I have prophetic powers and the gift of interpreting divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and have sufficient faith that I can move mountains, but have not love, that's God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Amen? Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor, in providing food and I surrender my body to be bent or in order that I may glory but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Love endures long and is patient and is kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. Love endures long and is patient and is kind. Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious, does not display self haughtily. It is not concited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It's not rude and mannerly, does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on his own rights or on his own way, for it is not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done. It, it pays no attention to a wrong suffered or a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice. And unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevails. Now, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. Love never fails. Never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, who is the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and ceased. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. I want you to note verse 8 that I just read. Verse 9, carefully. And then verse 12. Are we good to go? Let's look at verse 8 again. Love never fails. It never fades out or become obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and seized. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect and will vanish away. It will become antiquated, void, and imperfect. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I taught like a child. I reasoned like a child. But now that I've become a man, I'm done with childish ways and have put them aside. Look at verse 12. For now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim blurred reflection of reality. You know, those days they didn't have the kind of mirrors they have. Their mirrors were made of steel and brass metal so you can imagine how the mirror looked like they didn't have glass okay so he was using the mirror analogy for now we are looking in a mirror that gives a dim blood reflection of reality as in a riddle or enigma but when perfection comes we shall see in reality and face to face now i know in part imperfectly but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same way as I've been fully and clearly known and understood by God. So, faith, hope, love, abide. Faith, which is conviction and belief, respecting man's relation to God and divine things. Hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love, true affection for God and man growing out of God's love for us and in us. These three, uh, but the greatest of this is love. It's so amazing how the Holy Spirit teaches me certain things in the King James and I tend to the Amplified Version. It's right there. It's so amazing. When you're a prophet, some of the benefits you have is you understand, you know, spiritual things intimately. A prophet's gift is a gift of revelation. 
So you have spiritual insight, you have discernment, you have a comprehension of the divine will. And I believe that that is what we should all crave for. A lot of people who are craving for the prophetic gift crave for it for a wrong reason. The thing is just a way to become a superstar. Mention everybody's name and telephone numbers. This is why you are powerful. And then you can make some money. But if that's your motive, you are going to fail and fail miserably. Because at the point the gift will not operate and you have to go for juju. Like some of your friends in town are doing. This chapter is a chapter on love. And it's very exhaustive. I think everything we need to know about love is here. But I'm not teaching on love. Because love is the bond of perfectness. It's a symbol of completeness. Being entire. Or being entire. Or being perfect. Telios. I decided to use this chapter on love to teach certain truths. But very relevant to our subject that we'll be looking at tonight will be the emphasis of the latter part of verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, and verse 12. We can even include verse 11. The latter part of verse 8 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, the latter part says that, As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value, being superseded by truth. The so sublime. Wow. The things we are trying to know, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge is power. All too soon, the knowledge will lose its value because it will be superseded by higher truth. So why not just go for the ultimate? Why not go for the ultimate? I told you that these things that we are knowing, they are not to be known. Of course, for the soul to be without knowledge, it is not good, Solomon declared. So it's good to know some few things. But knowing something as in the real definition of the word, comprehending something, apprehending something, having a grip to totally grasp something, I'm talking about the understanding. Where you are essentially united with that knowledge, it becomes an experience. It becomes part of you. That should not happen with the things we know in the world. Paul said, when I came my mouth, I decided not to know anything except Christ and him crucified. You see, there are some things not to know. You are aware of them, but you have no business. You don't have an intercourse. I told you the word to know is an idiom. Which means to sleep with. It's not your meditation. It's not your consideration. It doesn't consume you. Because that thing that we are calling knowledge, all too soon, it will lose its value. It will be superseded by truth. Actually, when knowledge comes face to face with truth, knowledge becomes a lie. When facts comes before truth, they become lies. So it's good to learn your physics. It's good to learn your biology. It's good to learn your economics. But nobody needs to tell you that economies are not necessarily rich. Nobody has to tell you that. You can see it. And health workers are not necessarily healthy. So why not go for truth? You see why I insist on the New Testament on the Old? People still don't get it. The Bible said the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth. So it means the law is not truth. And you are busily studying the law. And you can't get it. I tell people that it's too much work. To get into the law because when you get into the law, it's a mixture of everything. So now you have to try to transpose that and translate that and try to understand that in New Testament terms. And I said, that's too much energy. I got the things here already decoded for me in the New Testament. It's a revelation. It's everything is here. These things are not enigmas. They are not riddles. They are not parables. What you see, that's what you get. New Testament, what you see, that's what you get. He said, these guys have spoke to them in parables. But you, until it's given to understand the mystery of the kingdom. And it's there. The New Testament is what we call the present truth. The Old Testament has been superseded by the present truth. And all the knowledge you have in the world, any field of study, those are just facts. 
but they are not truths. And you see, again, I have acquainted myself with truth so much that when I see something which is not true, it may be a wisecrack, it may sound wonderful, people may applaud it, people may quote it, but immediately I can see that this thing is diluted. I can just tell that this thing, it sounds powerful, but no. And so when I sit down to meditate, then I say, no, yeah, this is a flaw. I can see the flaw through because I acquaint myself with truth so much that when something comes, when I hear something that's not truth, I know instantly. And that's what I want you to do. Read the New Testament to the point when, when you hear something which is not what God is saying. Listen. God who at sundry times used to speak all through so, so, and so, has in this last day spoken through his son. The final word is the one he spoke through Christ. Tonight, I want to speak about something I've entitled, What to Do Next. One day, Dr. Mike Murdoch finished teaching on his wisdom keys. How many of you are acquainted with Dr. Mike Murdoch? You've heard the name before, or you've read any of his books before, or any of his materials, okay. His gift is wisdom, so if you want to be wise, read his materials. After teaching powerful keys, the 58 keys, or 100 keys, 58 keys of world, 100 keys of life, wisdom keys, a young man walked to him after the meeting and said, so, what is the most important thing to do? You've talked so many kids. What's the most important thing to know? And he smiled. I said, that's a simple question. The most important thing to know is what to do next. The most important thing to know is what to do next. So, after five nights of wonders, what to know is what to do next. And what to do next is what I want to share with you tonight. Number one. Understanding the things we have believed. Understanding the things we have believed. Now look at me. You know, sitting here in this room are people who believe the same thing. We all believe the same thing. There's one faith, one Lord, one baptism. People of God, there's just one hope of our calling. One body, one Lord, one Father, who is in us all, through us all, and over us all. So if we have the same faith, why is it that yours is working and the other guy's faith is not working? The difference is understanding. It's the same faith, the same essence, but it's the understanding. You know, people feel that, you know, Prophet Manasseh should tell God this for me because his prayers are more powerful. Why they found it me, I don't know. They are praying. I'm also praying. But it looks like my prayers are more powerful than theirs. Because they see more results in my prayers than their prayers. So they conclude, and rightly so, that my prayers are more potent or effective or effectual or my prayer avails more than theirs. The reason why my prayer may be availing more than theirs has nothing to do with the power of my prayer. I'm not done playing the anointing. But I'm saying that the blank check is there for everybody. What things you desire, when you pray, believe that you've received it and you have it. But the difference between my prayer and the other person's prayer is the understanding. Because it's the same. When you receive Jesus your Lord and personal Savior, you believe some things. But after a while, you must begin to understand the things you believed. It's so important. Look, if you have to be encouraged every time, every time you are down, they have to encourage you, every time they have to encourage you, there's something basically wrong with you. If every time you have to be encouraged... Or every time somebody has to pray for you before you can keep moving as a Christian, then there's something fundamentally wrong. We need to come to the place where we understand the things we have believed. I've told you here time and again that true knowledge, when you really know something, your faith is perfected. Look, I don't have to believe that I have a microphone in my hand. I know that I have a microphone in my hand. There cannot be an iota of doubt that I have a microphone in my hand. Why? Because I know. You have a problem with believing God? It's because you don't know. It's not because this faith, 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 Christ, hey, they say faith, if I had faith, I would do that. This bitter deed, this faith, the day to come. I'm just waiting for it. And your Bible tells you how faith comes. And it tells you you can have faith. How you can grow the faith. How faith works. When we truly understand 
Now, I'm just talking about understanding the things we have believed. When we truly understand those things we believe, then we have what we call stability. Being rooted and grounded. Then we have stability. We will not be tossed to and fro. You know, people, when the small wind blows in their marriage, they are going to inquire from the Lord whether it's God's will for them to continue their marriage or to move on. What? I hear that all the time. He's living by sight. He's sensual. He doesn't know. He thinks he's spiritual. That's no spirituality. That's ignorance. I'm going to inquire of the Lord. You are in a church and a small problem. He said, well, I think I have to go on a fast. Maybe that's not where God wants me to be. Wow. Then you will roam in churches, Papa. Because if you don't have a problem with an usher, you have a problem with a singer. If you don't have a problem with a singer, somebody who sits by you, you have a problem with a pastor. You have a problem. Actually, Jesus Christ himself became the stumbling stone. You see, though he is the chief cornerstone, he's also the stumbling stone. And also the rock of fire. So when you come to Christ, there's something that will offend you so that you will go, so that we know that you don't belong to us. God will intentionally put a stumbling stone to see the genuine from the fake. So if it's a mistake you are looking for, then you'll find plenty and you'll go. Now, I'm not making an excuse for some of our carelessness and some of the things we do and drive people away from church. But it's a reality of fact that faith must be tested. The trial of your faith. There's no faith that is not tested and is faith. It's not genuine. That a trial of faith may be found more precious than gold, which perishes though it be tried through fire. Gold, when it's even tested through fire, to be sure it's authentic gold, it perishes. It's not eternal. That thing is not even eternal. It's even temporary. They test it with fire. How much more your faith? Some of you got this idea that your faith will not be tested. Faith of convenience. Oh, that's a joke. Look, I actually went to God. I said, I want to be a Messiah because I should throw our air with you, you know. So, those of you who think that you are not going to suffer for Christ, just go and renew your mind. Because every believer will suffer for Christ. That one is there. So, I wanted to collect my early. So, I actually went to God before time. And thankfully, he said, Manasseh, I have another plan for you. He spared me that one. I'm not saying he spared me affliction. He spared me martyrdom, but the afflictions, afflictions abide thee. Also, Jesus did this for us. We are not only called to believe on him, but also to suffer for his name's sake. He did this, leaving an example for us. He suffered, leaving an example for us. If you don't have understanding, you don't have a grip on the things you believe. And you are tossed to and fro with every wind. Every wind that blows shakes you. Every wind that blows shakes you. Every wind that blows shakes you. So the things you believe, you must understand them. Let me tell you something. We can come and shout here. Hey, those of you come and sow, come and sow seed. You sow seed. If you don't understand these things, one day, cry the seed you sow here, cry, you use it to insult us. And I sow seed. And I hear way. And these things. I could see who. You know, people don't know that until they open their mouth to say those things, they haven't canceled their miracle yet. There are certain things they never will die until you kill it with your mouth. Because once you do it, it's there. When Abraham believed God, he was 90. Nothing has happened yet. 95. Nothing. But Abraham decided that it's not over until it's over. As long as Abraham kept believing, the thing was valid. That's the thing about faith. As long as you keep believing, the thing is valid. God cannot say, oh, this one, let's forget it and do something else. God, you must be joking. He keeps a covenant to a thousand generations. What are you talking about? Ten years, so he has forgotten. No! You are the one who forgot. He cannot. Mitchell he will not. So number one is what? That's what gives us maturity. Then we are in control. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I wish you knew why I have this boldness to say the things I'm saying. Seek to understand the things God told you. Seek to understand the things you read. I heard one preacher said, you cannot tell Morisolero really, there is no heaven because he's been there several times. And you can't tell prophet, prince, Manasseh, at you that there's no heaven. He's been there several times. It's you that somebody can tell there's no heaven because you just heard it. You've never experienced it. So, that which we have heard, which we have seen, which we've looked upon, and our hands have hardened. Seek to know the things intimately. Seek to know it. I'm not saying that you have to see something feelingly before you believe. That's not what I mean. But what I mean is that 
The Holy Ghost is more real to me than you. If they are to ask me, you and Holy Ghost, which one exists? I'll say, you crap, I haven't even seen you before. As a matter of fact, I can forget about you in one second. That's not a negative. I just mean that you must know that you 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 know. Now, if I can so trust a man, a human being, mortal man, who can lie? If I can so trust somebody that even if I've seen the thing, I won't believe it about the person. How much more God? You don't know what I'm talking. How much more God? You don't know what I'm talking about. How much more God? Who cannot do mistake? Who cannot lie? Who doesn't change? He's not a son of man to repent or to change. No. There's no shadow of turning. Bible says it's not one of these luminous bodies that when one planet blocks the other one, then this one cannot shine. No way. What are you talking? Actually, can I say something here before I go on? There are four things I want to say, and this is just number one. You must know God beyond his works. This is not a wise crack. People of God, revelation is not about knowing things. It's about knowing him. You must be able to know God without the medium of things. And that's where a lot of us don't want to get to. Speak the word only. Some of us, we have literally deified the olive oil. We have idolized the olive oil. Some of us, we just don't want to grow. So if we don't see an object or something, then Mitre said, it's not God. I don't need a miracle to know this God. In fact, faith is not believing that it will happen. That's hope. Faith is believing that it has happened. And you see, it must not happen for me to believe. Actually, when God says something, it doesn't even happen. It's still true. You don't understand that you can't separate God from his word. He's the word. So it's not God is saying one thing and he's here and his word is there. No. When God said it's done, it's correct. And when you are growing, people of God, I beg you in the name of the Lord, you must start to grow in a place where you know that the word is God. In other words, one of the best ways to know God is to start knowing God without mediums. Without mediums. In other words, you don't have to see something before you believe you have to see something before you know no way speak the word only grow a little bit grow a little bit i love you lord jesus understanding the things we have believed number two discerning excellence discerning excellence everybody say discerning excellence many of us our problem is we cannot tell the difference. Discernment means to tell the difference, the ability to tell the difference. To know that this is brass and this is gold. Or this is copper and this is gold. To hear a sermon and know that this is gold. And to hear a sermon, oh my God, that is silver. Or that is wood. Or that is hay. Some of us are not able to tell the difference and i don't really blame you but how will you excel if you can't tell the difference look you start from knowing the difference between good and bad but that's mundane and rudimentary it's basic now you move to know what is good and what is right then you now begin to look at things that are excellent they excel. Paul said, I'll show you a more excellent way. Covetously, the best gifts. It's even the gifts that are different. Look, prayer eh, is hard work. Don't waste that energy on nonsense. That flashy. Look, there are better things to ask. Stop wasting your energy on something you haven't even found in your Bible. People will spend 10 years of their precious life breaking family yokes. And actually, they have not finished breaking it yet, too. It will take them another 10 years. Just give me a little of that prayer energy. And I'll show you wonders. I'll show you what I can get out of it. One day, I saw this restless. I said, oh, God. This plenty energy you've given to these guys. Look at what they are doing with it. Give me small. I will run the whole globe. So, he said, covet earnestly the best. Even gifts of the Spirit. They all come from the Holy Spirit. But some are better. So, he said, covet the best. Then he said, yes, sure, I did a more excellent way. 
Now, if you can't tell the difference, how then do you work in excellence? So, discernment is key for excellence. I'm talking about discerning excellence. And I'm saying that many of us, we don't know what we have in this house. Look, I say this with all humility. And God knows, I'm not saying out of pride. Because some things you need to know it. And we have to affirm some things strongly. Because, you see, this world, it is the bold they respect. When somebody is even wrong and he's bold, teaching error, you see everybody shouting. But when you are talking as if uh, you don't really know what you are saying, uh, uh, hmm. you see, uh, hmm. and yes, uh, oh. hmm. then everybody thinks that the guy is not confident. He doesn't even know the thing. Some of you think you are stupid. So I want to affirm strongly what we have in this house. Let me tell you this. The anointing we generate, the power, the spiritual power we generate in this house, is enough to keep 10 million people alive. Actually, it is powerful enough to keep the whole Ghanaian population alive. The power we generate here. Five minutes of worship or worshipful ministration in Watered Garden. It's like the anointing that is generated in other churches for two years. The things we teach here. You see the ring I'm wearing? They come in karats. They can all look the same. But they have different weights. I taught you here that God weighs actions. And he searches the thought. He weighs. Two people are praying. Then he weighs their prayers. Two people give 10 Ghana cities and God weighs it. We see face value. He sees the real deal. The kind of things we teach here, apart from the fact that they are true, they are higher truths. I'm not talking about some mysterious thing you are teaching when you are and nobody's understanding essentially because they are deep. I'm not talking about that. I mean the things that Jesus has said. And where I'm coming from, you don't have any time to stay at the foot of the mountain where the top of the mountain is there. You don't have any time there. You have no business there. Because the real thing is up there. So we don't swim in shallow waters. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that I'm the holiest, the most anointed, the best. I'm just telling you the value we have. Because if you don't know it, then you can't tell this is more excellent than this. So you don't know what to chase. You can't be coming to Water Garden and go and hear something and be chasing it. I don't get it. Let me tell you something. When somebody leaves Water Garden... I shake my head. By the grace of God. When you leave Water Garden, I don't see any church in Ghana here that you should go to. No, I am telling you the truth. When you leave Water Garden and you go to another church, I look at you, I know you don't have understanding. Now, I'm not saying that the other churches are not good. But I'm saying that what you have here is premium. The Lord Jesus told me, he said, Manasseh, the things you teach and give is so rich that nobody can pay for it. And because it's so rich, there is no way you should lack money. It's like somebody who owns the gold field and he's broke. That's a joke. Gold man, he has all the gold and he's broke. I got these things and I'm dispensing them. There's no way I can be broke. And you know when Jesus told me, Jesus said, Manasseh, you have money, plenty of money, but you're not even seeing it. And that's what I want to teach you now. And I say, Jesus, give me high five. You day, you day. Charlie, you day, you day, Papa. Listen, we got true riches. So money will not be our problem. No, I'm telling you. Some of you think we are struggling to build a temple for God. Don't worry. I will tell you my personal contribution to that temple. And let me say something car will not be a problem house will not be your need you are going to be so wealthy because the word you are receiving they are so rich these words are god himself designing excellence designing excellence look alexander knows this story one of my birthdays i went to lie before god i said what do you want on a birthday birthday card iphone that's okay. It's good at least to give you some fun. What 
you need on your birthday is a word from God. And when I say word for God, I don't necessarily mean direction. I'm confused. Like I don't know what to do, so direction. I'm talking about something that gives you that becomes your eternal riches. Something that you can live by for the rest of your life. Look, Pastor Chris, where they put those guys, it's just revelational. God just told them something. And that was all. Kenneth Copeland said a word from God can change your life. Just one word. Kenneth Copeland, the richest preacher. All he says is the word, the word. Oh, that's all he does. And you can't have the word and be broke. And let me tell you this. There are riches God wants to download into your spirit that you cannot be poor. Somebody sent a WhatsApp to our page and he says, knowledge disqualify a man from becoming a slave. In other words, he just turned it. A man who has knowledge Abraham Lincoln said you cannot enslave mentally or physically a Bible reading people. When you know the truth, you don't need permission to be free. You are free automatically. You don't have to try to be free. You are free. Honey, don't go and be asking cheche kule things in your prayer. No, no, be serious. No, no, no. Some of you don't know why I take worship so serious. It is actually one thing that I cannot stand if it's not pure sweet and deep because that is the real thing that's a real deal that is the time you are communing with the father you have engaged the holy ghost that's a supernatural intercourse and i told you here that in worship energies flow from you into god and energy supernatural energies flow from god into you one of the ways to stay healthy is to maintain a worship life. Mortality will leave your body. Discern excellence. You should be able to identify it and chase it. You think that Elisha was crazy? Look at his age. Many of you don't know that Elisha was far older than Elijah. Elisha was older by far than Elijah. And you see, Elijah was the crazy type you don't know whithersoever the spirit of God will take him. Next. And so, you must be a little bit crazy to follow such a man consistently. But you see, when you see the real thing, and that's one of the things I love about Alexina. When Alexina sees the right thing and she wants to chase it, she would even want to die for it. When you see the thing, and you see this thing, this is what I've been looking for. This is it. Don't you understand? They said the kingdom of God is like a man who found a field full of pearls. He sold everything and bought a field. And the kingdom of God is also like, you know, a man who found a pearl in the field and sold everything to buy the pearl. Because the word of God is the pearl of great price. You buy it, you have everything inside. People can get this. It's not like you get jobs separately and get healing separately and then you have to go and look for this. You just seek. The kingdom of God is righteousness and every other thing is added automatically. You seek God and everything is added. In fact, it will be added and even pushed on you. I'm telling you, God does that. Honey, don't chip in yourself. Look, don't come low. Ah, you don't know your value. Today I was telling somebody, I said any marriage, that anybody marries you and feel he's doing you a favor, Ah, who is doing who favor what that marriage already is a false balance there's something wrong you are not doing me a favor by marrying me you know there's something good in me that's why you married me it had never crossed my mind once that I did Alexina favor by marrying her though I was anointed and you know I started preaching the gospel before I met her and she was younger in the Lord. But I didn't even use that rating. That is not only pride. It is a confusion. No, by why will you marry? Tafilache, if you impregnate somebody. And they force the person on you. That's a different thing. But why will you marry somebody? Just to do the person a favor. Don't chip in yourself. See. You need to know your value. I told you here before that usually. People don't have the right estimates about themselves. They either overestimate themselves or underestimate. The right estimate, usually people don't know. 
it takes the spirit of god to just think of yourself no more highly or not underestimate yourself just to have the right estimation of yourself it comes by the spirit but you see you need to know what god has deposited in you you need to know it and you need to know those things that are excellent are you here today i heard somebody he was just saying something somewhere and then no i think the person was leading prayer i said i cannot be poor and he was saying i'm like you are blessing me brother anything i hear wherever i go anything i hear i take mine and i continue moving on you don't read your bible god hides his word everywhere amen rahab i didn't say go chasing prostitute there was a word in a man always be listening until god spoke through a donkey just be listening when the word of god is hidden everywhere you remember the sower it was sprinkled so they threw it everywhere including bad grounds you forgot the parable of sower they didn't throw it on only good ground so god just you know one day i asked god i told you this i said god ah, the bible says in the parable of sower that you are the sower how on earth will you put your good seed on the wrong ground and the lord smiled he didn't tell me anything later after some days then he showed me a vision i saw the lord this was what he was doing sprinkling the seed and nobody talked to me you know there's a realm of spiritual engagement when you are in you know things without anybody telling you okay and i just saw the vision it was like a fountain but it was also like grains being sprinkled and the lord was just doing like this throwing the seeds and i understood it by the help of the holy spirit god desperately want to bless people so much that he is throwing the seed just in case anybody gets it let me just do it maybe somebody may get it wow even the wicked god give them chance look at how god dealt with adam in the garden as if he didn't know they would see him he loved them everything tell me god didn't know he knew all the people in the bible god gave them chance tell me god doesn't know about osama bin laden and all these guys he knew that they are bad and wicked people he said give them opportunity let's just maybe one day they will just take it we must know what we have in water garden and we must know what we have in the new testament poverty is not a lack of money and riches is not the accumulation of wealth or money if that were the true definition we could not say that the poor macedonians were rich in liberality you need to understand that you are a depository a reservoir of wealth that you are fearful and wonderfully made you are not poor the riches in you are too much your problem is you haven't discovered it you don't know we must know what we have in the new testament i'm on number two descending excellence better promises better covenants better ministry better sacrifices better priesthood better 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 12 times in the book of hebrews you can't compare the blood of bulls to the blood of jesus what mount zion is better than sinai sinai all you ever heard blackness and darkness and voice and words with those who heard it beg that should not be spoken again obviously the throne of grace is better than the secret place of thunder when god spoke in the old testament he spoke from the secret place of thunder in the new testament he spoke from the mercy seat let me explain when god was giving the law and giving grace he didn't speak from the same place he spoke because the law had a purpose he had to put fear in the people so when the words were coming when the laws were coming they came like thunderings so he spoke from the secret place of thunder to put fear in everybody it was a covenant of fear that's why the bible says we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear because the first one was the spirit of fear in the new testament he speaks from the message now you need to know which one is better and appreciate it we must know what we have in the person of the holy ghost and in the word of god i talk about it so i won't get into it listen the word of god and the holy ghost are your greatest resource let me say this to you everything we have said so far prayer fasting so 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 
and let's just consider the Holy Ghost and the Word. Who will do wonders. Because the world brought the world into being and the word can call the world back. Frame and reframe. You can't compare yourself to a Muslim. You have the Holy Spirit. What? Number three, walking in wisdom. What are we talking about tonight? We are talking about what to do next. After five nights of wonders, what to do next. And we said number one, we must understand the things we have believed. Number two, we must design excellence. Number three is where we are. Walking in wisdom. Before I come to number three, can I go back to number two and say one more thing? Hello. I said in my introduction, but let's get back to it. Let's look at verse eight of 1 Corinthians 13. The last line of verse eight. We look at verse nine. We look at verse 10. We can skip verse 11 and look at verse 12 in the Amplified Version. Okay, for the purpose of revision, love never fails. Into brackets, it doesn't fade or become obsolete. You understand the word obsolete? A cake, right? Or antiquated. <laughs> oh, Makushparadastas. Love never comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they shall be destroyed and seized. As for knowledge, it will pass away and it will lose its value and be superseded by truth. It said knowledge will lose its value because it will be superseded by truth. Something will come that makes that your theory and so-called research, it will bring it to these knees. So I'm saying that if the things we know today will be superseded by truth, why not go for the real thing itself? Truth, which is Christ. Let's go for the real thing. Know the Lord. We're talking about designing excellence. Every day, I know that the things I know will be superseded by truth. So I'm going straight for the truth. Look at the next verse. For our knowledge is fragmentary. They can just say we know in part. Our knowledge is fragmentary. Never boast about your knowledge. You can boast about truth by your knowledge sophisticated as it may look is fragmentary it's just broken pieces leftovers can i tell you something what plato and aristotle those great philosophers grapple with questions they were asking and they couldn't find answer to and people say these are wise thinkers those are the basic things when you are born again that's the world what we teach you why am I here? What am I born for? What can I do? Potential. Where am I going to destiny? They don't know. Great knowledge, but that's elementary for us. This is the pillar and ground for truth. The church. Our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teachings, is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. You should be so humbled. You know, one time Jesus was telling Kenneth Higgins something, and Kenneth Higgins, you know, had audacity to tell Jesus that I've read the Bible through several times, I didn't see what you are telling me. And Jesus said, The Father, you've read the Bible through several times, doesn't mean you've seen everything. And he actually asked Jesus that give me two or three scriptures so that I can believe what you are saying, because at the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter will be established. And Jesus says, I will give you four. But that's what Jesus loves. He wants you to be like that. So that no demon will come and deceive you. That's what's happening to the Mormons. An angel came and said he was a true Christ. But when Christ comes, that contradicts God's word. It's not a true Christ. Look at the next verse. When the complete and the perfect total comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void and superseded people can't get it the perfect there is the word teleos and the word teleos means perfect it means complete but it also means it is the maturity or the complete maturity of moral virtues of integrity 
when a man is totally complete, then all the childish things are done with. They are superseded. And though he's not referring to love, he said it in the context of love because all the small, small things we are talking about, when we walk in love, we walk in such maturity that those things don't matter no more. Actually, the reason why many of you don't understand the subject of love is because you think love is a feeling. Every time we say love now, you go back to the feeling. I love him. I don't love him. I don't love him anymore. I don't love him. That's why we get it wrong. Love has got to do with a matured approach to things. It is operating by truth. It is living the life of Christ. That's why it tells you love does not do this. It doesn't do this. It does this. It does this. It is the complete attributes and virtues of Christ. Now he's saying that when the perfect comes, the imperfect will vanish and will become antiquated, void, and superseded. We are talking about discerning excellence. In other words, there are things that must bow and give way to higher things. And you must choose that certain childish things in your life must give way. You must choose it. You must choose excellence. Number three is what? Walking wisdom. Everybody say walking wisdom. We are talking about what to do next. And what to do next is understanding the things we have believed, discerning excellence, walking in wisdom. Put this scripture on the screen for us. See that ye walk circumspectly and not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You don't take that which is valuable and cheapen it. They say if you give that which is holy to dogs and that which is costly to swine, pearls to swine, they will trample upon it and the next thing they are attacking you. So you see, you must be wise. Walk circumspectly. You know why some believers die? Because they refuse to be wise. David did not only survive because of anointing. Saul would have killed him if he was not wise. Actually, he tried to kill him. Foolishness is what will make a prince become a beggar when he's sitting on a throne. Open your eyes and say, foolishness has left me a long time. A prophesy, none of you shall be reduced. You cannot become slaves. I stand in the name of Jesus. You will rule. You will rule. Let me show you the trick about wisdom. We have wisdom and we have word of wisdom. A young believer doesn't have wisdom. Of course, he has enough wisdom. That can make him rule over an unbeliever. From your youth has known the holy scriptures, which has made you wise unto salvation. So salvation itself is wisdom. But usually when people are young, they are sensual, and so they are sometimes foolish, right? So, the young believer has some wisdom, but the mature believer has more wisdom. But the young wisdom can also operate in wisdom if he decides to engage word of wisdom, which comes by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something that is common with matured and young believers. We can all be filled with the Holy Ghost. God is so good that you don't have to mature to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're born again today, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you can do what a hundred-year-old Christian can do. So if you don't have all the experience and all the wisdom in the walk with God or in studying the Bible, but you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you do the right things. So, wisdom is there. We can pursue it through our experience, our work with God, the study of the Bible, the character of Christ. It takes time to build. But once you are building your store of knowledge and deepening your understanding to have a rich wealth of wisdom 
Also make sure you are being filled with the Holy Ghost so you can enjoy what we call word of wisdom, which comes instantly at the spur of the moment. You need it, it's there. You want to know what to do, the right thing to do. Once you are filled with the Holy Ghost, word of wisdom, bam, you know what to do. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. <laughs> Look, even if you decide to read Proverbs, you'll even be wise. I say even Proverbs because that's Old Testament. But if you decide to even... Look, you will walk through this life wise man. All those tricks of men, all those things. Solomon has done all those things and beat everybody to it. So he knows all those things. He has put all down there. Because there are people, they are very crafty. And you have to beat them. So let the word of God dwell in you. Richly in all wisdom. Okay, that's why I close. Put your hand together for the Lord. We'll get into number four later. Now, I want you to be on your feet. Listen, we are not many. I can lay hand on you for just 10 minutes before we go. Are you here? You know, people have this idea that we're just doing church. What are you talking? You don't know what the anointing does. It can turn a pauper into a billionaire in one minute. The same power that makes cripple walk, that raises the dead, can give you anything. In one minute. You believe that? I want you to open your spirit and begin to talk to God. Listen. Very soon, you are going to be named the most valuable worker. And it's not just going to be a plague that they are going to put in your room. It will reflect on you so much so that you will become a depository of wisdom, knowledge for the whole ministry. Now stretch your hand towards the altar. Listen to me. Jesus asked me to be doing Wednesday impartation services. This thing is not a joke. You're going to stretch your hand to the stage and you're going to declare that everything that was said on stage today, every good thing is for me. And I claim it and I walk in it. Everything that came from the altar today, stretch your hand and open your mouth right now. Anything you can remember, lay claim. Lay claim. Attach the throne. Oh, I can feel you. I can feel you. Attach the healing anointing. Oh, come on. Miracles, wonders. I'm walking in wisdom. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in miracles. I cannot be a beggar. God made me a king and a prince. I can't be a slave. Ask excellent things. Don't ask things that are not necessary. Pray the best prayers. Ask for the best things. It will be given to you. They said Mary has chosen the better part. Nobody can take it from him. Receive a designing heart. Receive a designing heart. A heart that designs excellence. Let me tell you something. Anybody who goes to overseas and come back cannot be the same. I'm saying this. When you go overseas, there are some things you see with your eye. You can't just be the same again. We call it exposure. If you encounter God and you remain the same, then you are wonderful. You can't be getting close to glory every day and there is no anionyam about you. Listen, you must not be carrying about the witchcraft in your house. It must not even show on you. It has to be superseded by the glory. I'm saying that the curse in your family house 
should not even register on the dial because they must be superseded by the blessing unless your blessing i don't know what it the bible says in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in darkness and darkness is not able to now i want to ask some of you to do stuff but i don't know how convenient that will be for you can you take off your footwear if you can if it's okay it's not by force but if you can now listen god said to joshua whatever the sole of your feet tread you possess listen your ground is not ghana it includes ghana but it's not just ghana your ground is not london or america though it includes america you don't know your inheritance your promised land is not canaan it's the promises in it and so your grounds are the promises and so you are going to be walking and claiming exceeding great and precious promises now look at me please this is how to pray look into the face of jesus and see him smiling with you and then let him know you are happily doing this thing taking what he has freely given to you you cannot die at 49 i don't care which prophet prophesied. i don't care which prophet prophesied it you can die at 69 that's not your legacy we long life i satisfy you that's my legacy that's my portion i don't care what disease it is it can be ebola it can be anything oh my god no weapon formed against me shall prosper the reason why i ask you to remove your shoes you're going to claim grounds what it took people 20 years to do it will take you two years actually it has to take you two years Oyedepo said when he found in the Bible that God took six days to create the world, he decided that no building project should take him more than two months. It doesn't matter the size of the building. That's for free. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Let me tell you something. God spoke to me. When I left my house this morning, I knew that I just cannot be poor. And when God speaks to you, we said he's not telling you something. He's giving you something. Right? So God just gave me something. What are we doing? Claiming grounds. Claiming grounds uh-huh. Territories. Uh-huh. Possessing our promises. Open your mouth right now. confident of this one thing that the Lord has begun a good work in you he'll perform it to the day of Christ just believe that God will lead you in a path of righteousness for his name's sake believe that he will lead you in a plain path believe that he'll lead you he'll teach you to profit you can't be with the Holy Ghost and fail there's no failure in him there's no falling in him there's no disappointment in him you have a goodly heritage. The boundary lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, anoint their feet. You've anointed their hairs with oil. Their cup runs over. Anoint also their feet. Let them wash their steps in butter. Let the rocks pour out rivers of oil to them. Be truly blessed in every way. Be truly successful in every way. 
May you become a blessing to nations. Become a blessing to lives. Be a soul winner. Be an intercessor. Be a healer. Be a giver to the poor. Be the one to save and salvage people and deliver people. Be the one offering help and assistance. Be so rich in love. Willing to communicate. Willing to give. Laying up for yourself treasures. I bless you today. It is well with you. It is well with you. It is well with you. In Jesus name. The next news you are hearing is good news. It's a fantastic news.